we are super like Japanese people in general very risk averse.、Mm. So, oh, I've never heard of anyone talking about vagina or sex.、Mm. So I shouldn't mention it. Yeah. Because what if it's wrong? Yeah. Or what if I'm like standing out, which is bad thing? Yeah,、that. I was just going to say there's that fra- phrase here that's like the nail that sticks out、yeah. gets hammered down. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so if the, all the nails, if, none, <laughs> if a nail has never stood up and said vagina, you don't want to be that nail who does it exactly. first. Exactly. Welcome to Femtech Focus with Dr. Brittany Barreto, exploring the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. Welcome to the Femtech Focus Podcast, where we have meaningful and provocative conversations with femtech experts. These academics, doctors, and innovators tell us about the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Brittany Barreto, and today is a unique episode because we recorded it live in Tokyo, Japan last week. I interviewed Saki Oshima, the head of Femtech Partnerships at Scrum Ventures. She's also a founding member at Femtech Community Japan. Saki has been involved in collaborative projects between startups and Japanese large corporations her entire career. Saki's been leading femtech initiatives at Scrum, connecting femtech startups with large Japanese corporations. To raise more awareness for women's health sector in Japan, she founded Femtech Community Japan as one of the founding members. In this episode, we discuss the Japanese interest in femtech and what unique aspects of the Japanese economy, Culture and government initiatives are creating a massive interest in female health innovation. Who knows? Japan may actually be the next country on your expansion list. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Saki. Welcome to the show. Hi, Brittany. <laughs> It's so great to、uh, be doing this little audible with you, which is.、Uh, We're in Japan right now、yep. in Tokyo. Yes. And we are recording this at a WeWork.、Uh, and I'm so grateful that you're just so willing to.、Uh, I, needed, I needed an interview for Monday, y'all. So she, <laughs> Saki is incredible.、Yeah. And you'll, you'll, you'll learn more about her in a moment. But、um, I'm really grateful for you to、uh, jump mean, in here. Yeah. Thank you so much. First of all, thank you for coming to Tokyo, be part of Wellbeing X initiatives. Everyone is blown off. Um, by your keynote speech. And then, yeah, thank you for having me. I still cannot believe it. Japan loves me. Like, I can't、yes. <laughs> really believe、yes. it yet. You know, like,、yes. um, I think, and we'll get into this. Why does Japan, it's not me really. I mean, it's femtech, and there just so happens to be very few femtech experts.、Um, you know, you're, you are one of them, in、no. my opinion. <laughs> Absolutely, you are. Yes. And so, really excited to,、uh, to explore that. Dynamic between Japan and the US. So, first, as we do with all episodes, we love to kick it off at asking more about you and your personal life and, you know, just like where you're from, what did you study, did you know you wanted to be in women's health, how did you end up here? So, give us a little bit of background. Yeah, so I was born in Japan,、um, you know, in Tokyo. And then、um, I went to school, I went to college, studied international relations. I was really interested in the、like, Middle Eastern area. I mean, personally, I've never been there, but it's just really fascinating, you know. And then,、um, and then I don't think I ever planned to 
be in like women's health sector、mm-hmm. however i feel it's helpful for me to say like i was always i feel like i didn't fit in so i moved to the states when i was 26 back in 2016、mm-hmm. But until then, I was in Japan. I didn't go to international school or didn't go, you know, like、um, I grew up, my childhood is all in Japan.、Yeah. However, I didn't feel like I fit in the society.、Mm. And then I was always like desperately looking for different k i n d of culture,、mm-hmm. different k i n d of like values as well. What were some of the things that you felt like you felt kind of? Outcasted here for、mm. like, what were some of the things that you were like?、Nah, is there other people that love this stuff like me? Yeah, it's more like、um, growing up, especially when I was a teenager, body image is a huge issue.、Mm. I went to all girls' school, and then I remember like some. Some you know, classmates were only eating solid because they want to be skinny,、mm. and then I was just like. Okay, should I be skinny too?、Um, mm-hmm. And then it's kind of accelerated. So, I, when I was like 19, I got eating disorder, anorexic, and bulimia as well.、Mm-hmm. And then it was really painful experiences. Yeah.、Um, so, that's one example. Yeah. Well, you know, we know that, and we've had that Equip Health episode that it is absolutely、yeah. prevalent all around the world. But, you know, we have these societal expectations of women that can actually induce these types of disorders, which is just like criminal, honestly, to、yeah. have society make women feel so bad about themselves、mm-hmm. that they will like engage in activity that's so、right. bad for their health. Well,、um, let's. You know, fast forward to the US, did you find your place? You know, did you feel like, oh, this is it, America? Or, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I, yes, a big yes.、Um, <laughs> I really like the diversity.、Mm. Um, I really still love Japan. You know, food is great, everyone is super kind. I think you experienced it. They're、time. so kind,、yeah. they're so nice.、Yeah. <laughs> But I always feel、um, in the US, there's a culture, women. Help each other,、mm. not compete with, with each other, rise together kind of vibes.、Yeah. I am actually,、um, I'm going to touch on later on, but I work at, at a venture capital in San Francisco office. And then VC is, as you know, super male dominated,、mm-hmm. but I am part of a group called Women in VC. And then we help each other. Hey,、uh, what should I say?、Um, salary negotiation. I have、mm-hmm. like, you know, a meeting with boss next week, kind of stuff. Those kind of ally, it might be in Japan as well, but when I was in Japan, I didn't see it. Yeah. So those kind of things, like, really fascinating. And then I would love to do something similar in Japan or be part of it if there's any. Yeah. And when did you, you know, did you want to be an investor? Is that what you did? Your first step was, okay, I'm going to become a venture capitalist, or was there something before that? To be honest,、um, it's no, it's not. Nothing, <laughs> nothing was planned.、Um, I joined Scrum Ventures, which is、um, early stage venture capital based in Tokyo and San Francisco.、Okay. And then our LP c o m e from Japan, all the Japanese corporations. So I actually joined Scrum not as an investor, but as more like a business person、mm-hmm. um, because I speak Japanese and English. Um, so I have, well, then the Wellbeing X you joined recently, I mean, yesterday. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know what day yeah, it is, girl. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs>、uh, a few days ago, it's part of the initiatives, right?、Mm-hmm. All the Japanese corporations joined the community, and then we source startups, global startups, and we match 
uh, with one another, and then we generate the business. So I really like the concept,、yeah. right? Um, Japan obviously has great technology, great people. However, we struggle with like innovation.、Mm. So I feel like that could be a breaking point for Japanese economy as well. So that's why I joined Scrum.、Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to women's health,、um, I was I remember like you know I was in VC. I am in VC, and then in. Investment team, all male, by the way.、Mm-hmm. Um, they were diligence, and they were looking at like some, some like you know startup look、um, focusing on women's health or targeting female users. And then my coworkers ask me, "Hey Saki, what do you think of this?" And I'm like, "I think it's,、um, you know, flex or you know like, I think it's period related、yeah. something." Yeah. And then I remember, oh wow, this might be. And then I put together my thoughts, and then、mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. Yeah,、oh, wow. you had a little spark in you. You're、yeah. like, this is kind of fun. I、yeah. like to look at this stuff. Yeah, because、uh-huh. like whatever the women, female body, like it's natural to me, but they don't understand what it is,、mm-hmm. and I feel like, oh, I'm contributing, and in a very unique way, and then I really like it.、Mm-hmm. So that's the. That's when I met the concept of women's health,、um, so it's quite recent. And then I discover you, and then I <laughs> listen to so many podcast episodes. And every time I listen, I'm like, "Oh wow, there's some people in the world working on this problem." Yeah. And then that's when I notice, oh, did pharma not invest almost any money in、mm. female body? And then it's really upsetting. And then. The rest is、um, history, as they say.、Yeah. Right, <laughs> here we are. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing.、Um, you know, so Scrum Ventures invited me to come and keynote this well-being summit. And you know, I'm sure that you asked your corporate, you know, investors and partners here, what did they want to hear about when it comes to well-being? And apparently, femtech was a huge topic. Yeah. So I'd love to dive into a little bit more about where is femtech stand right now in Japan? Where is the interest coming from? And like, what's what are some potentials? So first, let's start with what is the current state of femtech in Japan? In your opinion. Yeah, so、um, I remember I listened to Fermata episode,、mm-hmm. one of the first. Honestly, I、oh, mean that's、really? why like we have this is ep- going to be episode 192, and、uh, I think that was with Amina was episode like six. Oh, so wow. <laughs> it's、amazing. it's time for a, a Japanese update. Yeah, Fermata <laughs> is、uh, has been doing great initiatives、yeah. in Japan, but when it comes to like startup state startup、yeah. um, sector, I would say there are some. Femtech startups,、mm-hmm. but most of them are more like、um, femcare type、mm-hmm. of product, and then、um, corporate benefit type of、um, product, and then yeah. So I th- I think we should I should mention here, Japan struggle a lot with gender gap,、um, and then I think we are hundred twentieth out of hundred fifty six. And then, in terms of gender equality, gender gender gap index. Wow, global gender gap in、uh, index. Yeah, so we are like lower than Angola, lower than China, Indonesia, Vietnam.、Mm. That's kind of stuff. And it's like culturally, you think that it's、yes. a reason why there's such a big gender disparity. Yeah. So this index is calculated for metrics one. 
economics, and number two, uh, education, number three, health. Number four, politics. And then、mm-hmm. I talked to a Japanese,、um, one of the people who work on like women empowerment sector in Japanese government. And then they were saying education and health, Japanese women are like as good as, you know, men. However, economics and then also politics, we're just doing so poorly. Yeah, yeah. And so that was something that was really interesting that came out of this trip was, you know, conversations with Saki and then my own data and just, just looking at trends overall. You know, we see a correlation between the number of solutions in women's health corresponding to the number of women in STEM, science, technology, engineering, medicine. And so I said、uh, this week to Saki, how many women are in STEM? Like, what's the proportion? And she was like, oh, I don't think it's very good. And、yeah. so we looked it up and it was in the United States, 46%. Of STEM professionals are female. Pretty cool, actually. You、mm-hmm. know, I was actually impressed with that number. I was like, go us. And,、uh, and Japan was only 13%.、Mm-hmm. So, one in 10, essentially,、yep. uh, scientists or doctors or engineers here are women.、Mm-hmm. And so, that may be one of the reasons why you have so few solutions being created here,、mm-hmm. right? And then the other factor we see is the rise in femtech is the rise of the female investor, right? Especially that angel investor. She's putting her money into a very early stage idea. You、mm-hmm. know, it's not even a product yet. And、um, she believes in it because she knows that. It's a problem,、yeah. and she knows the solution is needed. When you know, we look at the number of female investors in Japan, it's almost non existent.、Yeah. Um, the female partner ratio in VC was 3%、mm-hmm. of partners here. And,、uh, that's crazy. I think you joked yesterday that there's like this one fund with three female GPs here, and that's probably、yeah. the 3%. Yeah, so empowers. That's a great initiative, but I'm pretty sure they're only. Three. Yeah, yeah. So those are two things why potentially Japan is lacking solutions that are coming from within.、Um, and then, you know, why would Japan be so interested in this, right? So there's lots of countries that don't have a lot of femtech initiatives yet, but Japan seems so interested in it.、Mm-hmm. And so let's talk about culturally why do you think this country needs femtech? Yeah, so this is my personal opinion, but Japan. Doesn't accept immigrants, and then our population is decreasing because our birth rate is so low. And then, so reasonable people think, okay, let's um let's leverage what we have.、Mm-hmm. And if we don't work, like female, I mean, they do work, but I look it up while talking to Brittany, and then um, 22 almost 22 percent of women who Go through, who went through、um, fertility treatment quit their job. And then I believe like 8%, you know, less than 10%, but you know, a few percent of the women, yeah, so it's 10%, 10% of uh, women uh, changed the employment status like f- from full time to part time.、Yeah. We, we already don't have like almost any female executives, but on,、mm. in the pipeline, Women are dropping out because of, because, because of like, you know, the female body, like some like fertility treatment, menopause, they're dropping off.、Mm. So it's like a huge loss, economic yeah, yeah. loss. And now, a quick word from our sponsors. 
If you're looking to give superpowers to your care team and scale your operations while delivering the best digital clinic experience, then listen up. Today, I want to introduce you to Nabla, a company I've known for over a year now that's building an impressive AI assistant for healthcare professionals. It's allowing them to spend less time on administrative tasks and more time caring for their patients. Nabla does this by providing messaging, video consultation, and scheduling modules augmented with AI capabilities that automate tasks like consultation note-taking, patient record updating, triaging, and asynchronous follow-ups. On average, it cuts the time spent by physicians on filling out clinical notes by half, and who wouldn't want that? It's used by digital clinics all over the world, including multiple femtech companies. Whether you're a newly launched digital clinic or an established one, Nabla offers full-stack communication solutions as well as bespoke integration with existing tech infrastructures. If you want to see what it looks like, make sure to try Nabla for free by signing up at www.nabla.com. That's Nabla, N-A-B-L-A.com. It's digital care, superpowered. And now back to the interview. So we just talked about the statistics of women in STEM and women in investment. And then you just brought up these statistics of women are so sick or so inconvenienced by the current treatment options that they are leaving the workforce, which is the opposite of what we need Mm -hmm. for innovation in women's health. We need more women in the workforce, Mm -hmm. in leadership position, in capital decision-making positions, right? Um, So that's a big issue. And then you said the low birth rate. You don't have an immigration policy here where people can come in Mm -hmm. and reproduce. And Mm -hmm. so you're really – the government's depending on the Japanese folk to – populate you know to keep up your your numbers here Mm -hmm. and uh where why is that an issue is it a infertility issue here like people are wanting to have lots of babies but they can't or is there something else culturally maybe like work ethic that is getting in the way Mm, yeah it's i'm still figuring out that part (laughs) yeah but um I feel like until recently, it's pretty hard to work as a full-time employee in Japan. I still remember mm. when I was in college, um, I was like almost like scared to be in corporate world. Mm. And first of all, like I'm, I'm just like I always felt like I don't fit in. And then you know when you are part of one like traditional Japanese corporation, you actually, I don't know, like it might be kind of like bad to for me to say this but kind of like army-ish kind yeah, of stuff like yeah. it's a whole culture mm-hmm. you're like you are it's pretty demanding you need to be dedicated i remember you saying that here corp your job is like your family and that people really will stay in a company their whole life which is very different from the united yeah, states I mean, where we're like yeah every two years peace i'm gonna go get a raise in yeah. another company yeah it's changing but if you look at like linkedin mm-hmm. for example like i heard linkedin um they have an office in japan but they were struggling to do the businesses because nobody changes jobs exactly <laughs> you know that's so funny because actually now that i think of it most of the japanese linkedin profiles are very small it's like two jobs they have yeah. like one internship and then there's their job yeah and then you know almost everyone um if i can it yeah. might be the exaggeration but um 
you know, I went to business school. And then um, when you go to business school, the first thing um, they ask you to do is create a LinkedIn profile. Mm-hmm. So I'm always joke, joking like with um, my you know, business school friends and then pr- probably only, um, you know, all the Japanese people on LinkedIn went to some kind of like business school. <laughs> yeah. That's the only reason they yeah, have one. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think I should say that uh, government realized this type of like work ethics is not sustainable, yep. not making anyone happy, and then not align with what Gen Z think. Mm. Is that like, the true you know, in Japan as well? The Gen Z is here is big on sustainability, happiness, wholesomeness. Is that the truth here? Um, I think so. I have a feeling. I don't know about like, you know, environmentally friendly type of behavior. I don't know. I never did research to be honest, but I feel like younger generation don't see the points. Don't see the point to like you work until you die type of like, you know. Yeah. That's actually a conversation I've been hearing a lot this week is um, happiness. How can we improve happiness? Mm-hmm. We, we met with a major retailer here this morning, mm-hmm. and they were like, our goal is happiness. And I'm like, okay, and in my business mind, I'm like, all right, if the happier you are, the more you'll buy things or, yeah. you know. But, like, truly here I see a, a big push for mental health and, and happiness. Can you tell us a little bit about why you think that's a, a trend that's happening right now? Um, I believe um, I gotta look it up the most recent di- data. But You're so data driven, by the way. I really appreciate this. So I mean, she's I, very like caveating everything. <laughs> I, I, I learned from you, Brittany. Uh, one of the things <laughs> I really love about this podcast is that uh, all the data driven, because I feel like, you know, sorry, I'm kind of switching yeah, the subject, okay. but like in order to convince someone who don't understand this kind of like context yeah we have to be number driven mm-hmm. i believe so yeah, yeah yeah so going back to the mental health topic yeah. i think we suffer from like lots of like you know suicide rates mm-hmm. and then depression as mm-hmm. well um you know going depression is still like uh mental health is still still so much like stigmatized in my opinion mm-hmm. so when i was like having like eating disorder like I mean, I'm not ashamed anymore, but I used mm. to be, like, thinking, oh, I'm such a failure. Mm. I need to go to therapy. But now, I love therapy. <laughs> I love you therapy, know? too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everyone should go to therapy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. What is the insurance landscape like here? Like, are women able to afford care? Um, like, are they able to easily find doctors? Um, you know, are the, I'm just asking about some of the barriers we see in the United States, like not being able to afford it, not being able to access it, like because there's no gynecologist around. What's the landscape like here in Japan? Are those two barriers existing? Um, I so going uh, the first part, financial one. Um, I think it used to be the fertility treatment um, was kind of like expensive. However, I think this year, April, Jap- Japanese government um, started covering fertility treatment. Seventy uh, percent of the cost wow. covered by um, government. Well, I mean, if they want more babies, that's a great program. Yes. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, but th- there's a catch too. I okay. mean, I heard it's not like oh, great, hundred percent. Yeah. Know, perfect. It's not like that. For example, like I believe, um, let's say, women she needs like four different kinds of medication, mm-hmm. and then one of them 
is not covered by insurance,、mm-hmm. so a whole procedure cannot be covered by insurance. So my point、uh, is, it's kind of hard to navigate,、yeah. but it's nothing new when it comes to Japanese government. But yeah, so. And then what about gynecology? Like, do they have、uh, a lot of gynecologists here? Is that a very small profession, or how about that? I think there are a lot, right? That's what we hear. That's what we've heard yeah, this week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm essentially I'm teeing you up, yeah, as we yeah. say. So yeah, we、uh, actually listeners, we met a、uh, company here called Family One, and it's a male-founded femtech company helping Japanese women figure out which gynecologist to see. And I said, "What what problem are you solving?" He goes, "Oh well." The choice women have so much choice they don't know where to go.、Mm-hmm. And I said, "That's your problem? Is that、yeah. they have so many doctors to choose、yeah. from?" And he said, "Oh yeah, even in the countryside, they they can quickly take the bullet train and be here in thirty minutes." And I was、yeah. like, "Wow, okay, opposite problem for America where、mm-hmm. we have gynecologist deserts. Women, you know, will live six hours from、mm-hmm. their closest gynecologist. So I think that that is actually a really interesting potential opportunity that." I've never heard anyone talk about is like、yeah. how could we do a Japan U.S. exchange of、mm-hmm. like how can we send women here for fertility treatment? How can we send your doctors over to us for、yeah. you know supplementing workforce? I、mm-hmm. don't know. It's kind of interesting. That's so interesting. But you know when he said like you know some women take bullet train to go to Tokyo to see a doctor she、yeah. wants. If she does that, of course I don't think she can continue the full time job. So、yeah. it might be like. Two-sided kind、That's、of、true. story. That's so true. Yeah.、Um, so we are, you know, talking about gender disparities here in Japan, but I, and I think another major barrier here is that tabooness, which I、oh, think、yes. is right up there with gender disparity, right?、Mm-hmm. Like when you only have a conversation dominated by men, topics about female health. Become taboo、yeah. because men don't know about it.、Mm-hmm. Their society tells men not to ask about it, and then society tells women not to talk about it.、Mm-hmm. And so, you know, obviously in the states and around the world, we have lots of stigma, lots of taboo. But here, I feel like it's even maybe even more so. <laughs>、um, can、yes. you tell us a little bit about some maybe examples or some、um, of the attitudes here that have to do maybe with menstrual blood or menopause, or tell us a little bit or sexual wellness? Um. Yeah. Um. I think that it's highly stigmatized、mm-hmm. um, in the first place, and then when you look at like the number of executive, the number of、uh, women among executives, it's super low. Uh, when it comes to that, like you know, the your the room is dominated by male. It's pretty hard to even say a word. Hey, how about like looking at women, which is fifty percent of the population, blah blah blah. And then I feel like, sorry, what's the question? <laughs> What are some of the major taboo areas here? Oh, major taboo areas. Yeah, so I feel like women themselves, like I'm thirty two, by the way, a little bit like older generation.、Mm-hmm. Um, some of them feel like, oh, I shouldn't even talk about it in public.、Mm-hmm. So you can translate. You can be. Tr- you it it can be translated into society tell her to do that,、mm-hmm. or she doesn't know how to talk about stuff、yeah. because she's never done it. Yeah, yeah. So. I find that they, they being the Japanese people, are 
very excited and interested to hear what I have to say. And I say the word vagina a lot. And I say, you know, like menstrual blood and I say all these things. Why do you think that it's okay for me to come in here to this culture and say it? And because what I'm saying, what I'm seeing is a lot of Japanese women in the audience, like looking at me and nodding, like, oh, thank God. Thank you for saying this. Like I've been wanting to say those exact words. I don't, is it that they can't or they are nervous to, or is it that, that I have some kind of privilege here as a American PhD tech person, you know? Um, I think, I mean, I'm not American. I don't have PhD, but <laughs> you know, one time I did the Evi test, yeah. uh, the v- vaginal microbiome company, and then I published it on TechCrunch article. Uh-huh. And then I'm Japanese. I can do that. Um, I don't know. I think... Well, this is my assumption, yeah. but women didn't have any good experiences mm. to speak up mm. in her lifetime. Yes. So they just get too scared. Yeah. Or we already we, we talked about it in, in lots of taxi, but, you know, um, I feel it's just really difficult for her to share something um, very personal. What I'm hearing, and this is the first time it's kind of clicking in my brain, you know, there's a phrase that's like, if you can't see it, you can't be it, mm-hmm. right? And so that's why we need more women in leadership or yeah. women, fire women or firefighters, mm-hmm. you know, or, or police pe- person yeah. and stuff. Like, if you don't see it, you can't be it. If you don't hear it, you can't speak to it. Yeah, I right? think so. And then we are super, like, Japanese people in general, very risk averse. Mm. So, oh, I've never heard of anyone talking about vagina or sex. Mm. So I shouldn't mention it. Yeah. Because what if it's wrong? Yeah. Or what if I'm like standing out, which is bad thing. Yeah, that. I was just going to say there's that fra- phrase here that's like the nail that sticks out yeah. gets hammered down. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so if the, all the nails... If none, if a nail has never stood up and said vagina, you don't want to be that nail who does it exactly. first. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh. But when you say privilege, I think I have I am privileged yeah. to talk about this by because I don't live here mm-hmm. right as of now. So I feel like it's going to be another story mm-hmm. if I don't live in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. Because I have some confidence that whatever I'm saying is supported in America, different country, but. Mm-hmm. There are actually some people who agree with me, mm-hmm. right? So that's one of the reasons um, why I really get interested in uh, different cultures. Because, like, I've never talked to them. I've never seen them. But there are some people who agree with me or who teach me mm. values I like. Yeah, yeah. What would you say as we finish up here? Uh, any advice for startups that are listening that are like, should I consider expanding to Japan? Is that, you know, maybe someone who's in IVF is like, what? They have government subsidies? Like, should I be exploring that geography? What advice do you have for companies around the world that should they be interested in Japan? Yeah, as a woman, um, growing up, I was really scared to be to become to you know to become like adult mm. you know and then i didn't want younger generation to feel that way mm. so i i would love um to help any of the you know like great startups to expand in japan of course 
I'm not saying it's easy. There might be like a regulatory issue, or you know, government uh, doesn't, you know, like probably it might be difficult because、mm-hmm. we are super homogenous、mm-hmm. as a country. So it might be difficult, but I just I love to support that. Do you think that the best strategy potentially would be partnering with a Japanese company, and therefore, like the Japanese company actually, you know, distributes or commercializes the product? Yeah, I think so.、Um, they're doing pretty good、um, by doing lots of research and then figuring out what Japanese women like or、mm-hmm. don't like. So、mm-hmm. that could be,、um, yeah, that could be the one of the efficient way. Yeah, yeah. Well, Saki, this has been. Amazing,、um, just absolutely fun to riff with you about femtech around the world and Japan and the U.S.、Um, we have two last questions that our listeners love. The first one is:、uh, we have aspiring entrepreneurs listening. So, what's an area in women's health and wellness that you think still needs innovating?、Um, I know some startups are already working on it, but I love to see like daily hormone tracking、mm-hmm. type of businesses. It doesn't have to be daily. But it's not only snapshot. You actually have some kind of metrics to see. Because personally, I have migraine related to PMS, and then always I just struggle with that.、Mm. And then it's twenty twenty two, almost twenty twenty three, and then we have like, yeah, we have lots of like you know blockchain businesses and the space businesses. And can we? Can somebody figure out? You know the. The connections between my hormone and、um, how I'm feeling. Yeah, I mean, Elon wants to put like chips in our brain, and、yeah. it's like,、um, before you start cracking open my skull, can you just make my brain、yes. feel okay、yeah. in the first place? Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, that's a.、Uh, and we just had that neurology episode on, so it's definitely a prevalent issue.、Um, and then, what do you think the femtech industry as a whole needs the most right now in order to be successful? Female investors. Female investors. Tell me a little bit more about that. Let's double click into it. Are you saying angels? Are you saying partners at funds? Are you saying private equity? Tell me more about where and why. Um, I actually think I've been talking to lots of like femtech investors, and then I noticed、uh, menopause startups, for example, are like funded mostly by female partners.、Mm. And then, Brittany, like you always say that, like you don't. The healthcare,、uh, women's health is not just healthcare. You gotta like, you gotta understand the female body as、mm-hmm. well. And then I, it's really frustrating to see great solution getting denied by, you know, someone who don't understand. Yeah. And then I just like it's very very frustrating. So it could be because my from my personal experiences as well. But、um, Angel. Female partner, anyone. But I think we should start from like VC、uh, partners. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of funny. You know, funds will、um, require or recruit and hire people with specific expertise or education or background or like previous experience at a startup or something、uh, to help with certain investment theses, right?、Mm. But somehow,、um, when it comes to healthcare, like there's like this gap of of A very obvious thing where it's like if you're going to do healthcare, you probably should have people of different health bi- biologies in your、yeah. team, right?、Yeah. 
ask more questions, invite more women to the table, be more humble, be more curious. I think curiosity is honestly one of the biggest pillars here to move us all forward is just be curious, you know, ask a question. Mm -hmm. Women have questions, men have questions. We all have questions. Let's just answer the questions. (laughs) Awesome. Saki, you are incredible. Thank you so much for an amazing week in Tokyo and for doing this interview. Thank you so much. And I'm really excited to have you again in Tokyo, hopefully soon. Again, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to my interview with Saki Oshima, the head of Femtech Partnerships at Scrum Ventures and the founding member of Femtech Community Japan. You can submit your deal for potential investment at scrum.vc and learn more about the Femtech Japanese community at femtechjapan.org. Be sure to subscribe to the Femtech Focus newsletter, join our virtual community, and follow us on social media. Share the show with a friend and continue to advocate for women's health innovation because improving women's health and wellness improves everyone's health and wellness.